Welcome to another Open Dialogue, where we spotlight experienced professionals and their businesses as we dive into their stories of origin, adversity, triumph, and growth. My name is Bobby, and this is Elevator Pitch. Doors opening. Stepping into the elevator today is Don Core Miners of the Don Firearms. A public school educator for over 15 years, Don Core not only has a master's in education, he's a certified firearms instructor who holds a secondary education license in the state of Massachusetts, while also holding instructor certifications from Sig Sawyer, the NRA, and USCCA. Don Core takes just as many firearms courses as he teaches. By offering classes that extend beyond the basic function and point and shoot, Don Corps looks to connect with his students and the community through the mindset of preparation, safety, advocacy, and education. He partners with other firearms specialists and organizations to host trainings and events that poke holes in the stigma surrounding Second Amendment rights. Don Corps balances all this while being a husband and father to two precious daughters. In life, there are teachers who provide you with information about a subject, but rarely do you find instructors who can transfer knowledge while helping you find something about yourself that you might not have known. Doors closing. Going up. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that's the... You <laughs> made me sound like I'm somebody special. Hey, bro, you sound... You're the second person to say that on the on the... On the podcast, man. Bro, you are, man. I'm telling you, like, extremely humbling. It's my pleasure to be able to share this time and this space with you um, on this platform, man. Uh, I mean, I know, you know, we've had plenty of conversations and we've definitely kicked the bubble on on a lot of topics. But, you know, knowing, knowing you in the short frame of time that I have and I don't know, just... Bro, like I'm, I'm, I'm honored and humbled to have you here. I can't say it enough, man. I can't say it enough. I, I appreciate it. Appreciate you for you know following your creative spirit. You know to continue to provide the space. Sorry about that. Oh, it's all good. But yeah, seriously, I, I really appreciate you. Um, you know, listening to your your divine, um, you know, mission and and making sure to tell our stories there's an african proverb that says uh until the lion um you know can tell his own story it'll always glorify the hunter so Thanks. i appreciate you know folks like yourself who are willing to provide alternative um you know sources for for you know telling our story so thank you definitely definitely it's a small thing to a giant baby you know what it is um i got my recorder out and i'm recording the lines around me then <laughs> Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna yes. jump <laughs> we're gonna jump right into it. Uh, uh-huh. Let's just let's just travel back in time just a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Just give us the origin story of the Don Firearms. Yeah, so um, basically, you know, I was a public school teacher, and um, you know, uh, at the time I was teaching sixth and seventh grade ELA. Uh, right after the Boston bombing and we had gone into, um, you know, real martial law, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there were literally communities that you could not travel into or travel out of. So that was the first time I was, 
you know, kind of exposed to martial law. Um, and then at the same time, you know, I had lost some young men, you know, that were in my classroom they, um, from, you know, gun violence, as well as, you know, firearm curiosity. Yeah. And and basically, you know, I would be sitting in these meetings and I was, you know, trying to tell a lot of my colleagues, like, listen, if, if it's guns that the young men are interested in, you know, how, how do we get them safe and easy access that, you know what I mean, will not have them, you know, going out into the alley somewhere and, and dealing with illegal firearms. Yeah. So, um, so I started, you know, trying to figure out how I could create that kind of opportunity. Um, you know, and then once I started, I was teaching in my living room. Um, and really all it was paying for was, you know, my, my own habit um, <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the time, you know. Um, but then, uh, you know, I think after the, the uh, transition of George Floyd and, and, and Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, people started to kind of wake up a little bit and things just, you know, sprung out of there. But the original intent was just to provide alternative space, you know, for our people, uh, particularly young people to, you know, have access to legal uh, firearm knowledge as well as the opportunity to engage in the shooting sports. Yeah, say less. It goes so much deeper than just being able to protect yourself. And I I'm sure you're going to get into all of those aspects so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play spoiler but uh let's just talk about some of the misconceptions that surround guns in your opinion where do you think a lot of these misconceptions stem from i mean it, it stems from you know the particularly when you talk about the black and brown community a lot of the the stigma stem from gun violence you know mm -hmm. um so a lot of times, you know, people have their own fears, you know, around firearms because, you know, they lost somebody. Yeah. And that's a real trauma, you know, that needs to be honored, you know, in process and um, to help people through, you know, before they can even get to a class. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was, you know, really intentional with my model for the business, you know, because when I first started, you know, when you're teaching in your house, you know, people, they come with a different level of, of energy um, and, and vulnerability and their willingness to share comparative to like now where I teach in like a commercial space. Um, you know, so I have people in my living room crying, you know, telling me about the first time they had a, a firearm experience or having lost someone. And, um, you know, I was doing young men's rite of passage work for a really long time. So I kind of had had already had skills around, um, you know, how to facilitate uh, dialogue and conversation around trauma. Yeah. Um, but but doing it in my living room, you know, really helped me to to see that, you know, in order to um, get folks to a space where they can value um, the Second Amendment and protecting themselves and their families, they had to first deal with a lot of the traumas that they experienced, particularly living in the hood. Um, around guns and gun violence. So um, so that's always the first step. You know, the stigma starts with, you know, folks, uh, their own internal traumas around guns and gun violence. So that's the first and most important stigma to, to kind of tackle. Yeah. 
I mean, when people when people think PTSD, you automatically think you know soldier and overseas. You know, we don't we don't necessarily associate that 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 mindset with our own community and the things that we go through. So I, I applaud you for for picking up, you know, picking up the mantle and, and carrying it um, for those people uh, that are misrepresented or, or underrepresented. Uh, and, and showing them that there is a way for them to take advantage of one the law to the right and three the empowerment to be able to protect yourself and protect your home and protect your loved ones. Um, so again, I applaud you for 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 doing that and being that that catalyst in in your community um, and many communities that surround yours. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so is there a way that we can kind of curve these feelings or begin to shift uh, these stigmas? And you kind of touched on it, but if you want to just go in a little bit deeper, I'm sure it'd be appreciated. Yeah. I mean, you know, we definitely first have to recognize that we've been impacted by the things that we've experienced, you know, Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of times, you know, people, particularly, you know, men, right, will experience, you know, seeing someone get shot or having been shot. You know, um, a lot of women come in, you know, you know, haven't been attacked, you know, whether it was in an Uber, mm-hmm. you know, someone they was dating. Um, I've had a lot of women who have lost their husbands or boyfriends to gun violence recently. I've like been getting a lot of those. Yeah. And, um, you know, so a lot of times the, the first part is, 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 you know, getting them to talk about it. You know, like I, I can't tell you, you know, a lot of people say, you know, ask me why my rain sessions are an hour and they're not necessarily always one hour, but I leave that space and in, in that gap available because, you know, I can usually tell when someone has experienced trauma mm-hmm. because when they're holding that firearm and, and that hand is shaking, you know, yeah. Um, or, or you know, I've had a lot of incidences where, like, you know, the person would, you know, a, you could see a single tick, you know, come out of their eye when I'm standing behind them, yeah. you know, and, and I ask them to put the firearm down and, and let's, you know, let's kind of process and talk, you know, and build, you know, and I just become an active listener to kind of, you know, allow the person the space and the opportunity to share, you know, to begin to open that, that piece, you know, definitely. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's very interesting because it's like, you know, for the black community, the barbershop has always been that space and that avenue, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think what, what definitely separates me from, from other farms instructors is that I have, you know, these skills because of teaching in the in the public school sector yeah. as well as you know working with in the urban uh urban urban schools you know like trauma has always been a real thing but here it is it's like working with adults now and, and applying those same strategies and skills to be able to get people to recognize that they've even had traumas you know so mm-hmm. it's just a, a a magnificent space or opportunity to get them to kind of like look at it as a mission you know yeah um you know it's like okay well when did this you know first start happening or when did this first happen to you you know and are you willing to take a look at it 
And a lot of times people are, you know, because they're like, they can remember the first time. They can remember, you know, what they was wearing, where they were at, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what happened. You know, so that's a great space and opportunity to get them to then begin to start looking, you know, inside of their body and, and what's happening, you know, within them. And and the goal is to try to get them to realize that, you know, by going through this process, it's almost like they're they're taking back the power that was taken from them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you opening the door to give them ex- an opportunity yeah. to step into that ex- that mentality where they can begin to heal. And be and be and be victorious, yeah. and not be the victim. Exactly. You know, and that and that's the most beautiful part. You know, like is is especially for Black people. You know. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's beautiful to see them kind of step into that power now that they have this tool and be able to to recognize like, wait a minute, like, nah, you know, now I'm behind the gun instead of in front of it. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it, I know for me, it it gives you coming in. I had I already had a respect for firearms, but it gives you a different a different type of respect when you when you know more than just point aim and pull the trigger. You know what I mean? When you start getting into uh, the safety concepts and the concepts of how your mentality needs to be when you have a firearm in your hand. And I've taken more than one firearms course with more than one firearms uh, instructor, but I feel like the concept of what you teach constantly links back to a family dynamic and a sense of community. And it's a key, like just a key component for each lesson in every course that you teach as I've taken quite a a couple um so how how important or just expound a little bit more on what this means for areas that are similar to that Roxbury Mattapan area of Massachusetts and you know communities that are similar to those yeah I mean you know when Students come to my class, particularly the home fire and safety class, you know, which is the biggest, uh, you know, course that I'm exposed to new students. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, you know, a lot of times, you know, I start the community part, you know, the same way I would when I was teaching my teaching my English classes, you know, and I start off with libation, you know, because it's important, you know, to to bind people back to their culture. You know, and and to those that are that that are important to them, mm-hmm. you know, because if 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 we don't um, if we don't bind our folks back to you know their cultures and their heritage, then essentially you know they're constantly lost. Yeah. So so I always start the classes off with, with libation, um, you know, a space and opportunity for them to recognize and honor, you know their own loved ones as well as making sure not to forget the names that inspired many of them to get their license to begin with which was you know Breonna Taylor, George Floyd and Amar Aubrey and here in Boston you know there are countless other names of young people that have been um, slain yeah. you know due to gun violence so you know just trying to start the class off in that way um, you know to keep people you know grounded in that sense and then you know um, and then just constantly, 
you know, finding ways and avenues to um, connect the information back to, you know, um, uh, communal experiences that allow them to see, like, you know, firearm ownership has not been new to the black community. Mm-hmm. You know, like our freedom, our sovereignty, you know, has always been tied to, you know, firearm ownership, you know. So talking about Harriet Tubman, Ida B. Wells, yeah. you know, and countless other names of, of our ancestors to whom understood, you know, that if, if we really wanted to be free and independent, that it would come at the cost of having to protect it, you know, yeah. you know, getting folks to understand that, you know, an, a firearm does not make you inherently evil. It makes you someone who is, you know, willing, who loves their community so much that they would be willing to fight for it, you know, and fight to protect it. Exactly. Exactly. So in that same vein, uh, you mentioned Harriet Tubman, Ida B. Wells. Uh, you also have courses that focus uh, mainly towards women and you have courses and I think this is extremely dope. You have courses that are focused towards uh, small kids, like the pew pew classes. Uh, just kind of touching on those two audiences and why educating them is such an imperative aspect for the Don Firearms. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, almost sweetheart. <laughs> um, yeah, so prior prior to to uh, the Rona season. You know, um, you know, I had already, <laughs> I had already, you know, had this, uh, this idea in my mind based on this African proverb that says that, you know, if you educate a woman, you educate a nation, mm. you know, so it was understanding that if we could change the perspectives of, you know, black women, black and Latino women in our communities, you know, to kind of um, have a stronger sense of, uh, being their own first responders, then we could ultimately change the perspectives of the generations behind them. And, you know, with doing that, you know, a lot of women started asking, you know, well, hey, can you know, I loved your class so much. Do you have any classes for children? And at the time I was just like, well, just bring your kid to class. <laughs> and I did. And they yeah. would. And a lot of <laughs> sisters would just bring their children to class. And then I started to begin to think about, well, how could I provide, you know, a space to, you know, empower children, not only around firearm knowledge, but just also around the constant chaos around children being in schools and the potential of, of them being shot up. So, yeah. um, so then I started, you know, the Pew Pew class and it's continuously evolving um, to sure. where it's at now, which is, you know, three Saturdays. Uh, one Saturday, we talk about perspective, and then I show the children different strategies on how to stop bleeding, you know, in the event that they are, you know, at school or some crazy happens inside or outside the school, you know, things that they could use to get their friends out of the way and get them to cover, how to put on tourniquets, you know, um, how to deploy mace or pepper gel, mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, those kind of things. Then the second class, we go into firearm safety. And then the third one is spent all day in the range, you know, giving children the opportunity to shoot yeah. um, and get comfortable. And and because of that, you know, um, come this September, um, you know, I'm going to be starting the, you know, the first, you know, Black and Latino, you know, youth, uh, um, you know, shooting team, marksmanship team here in the city. So, you know, um, just really excited about, you know, just trying to do it different, 
Um, yeah. You know, create a different narrative. In the state of Massachusetts, children can get an FID card at 14. Um, you know, uh, I happen to be revered at the Boston Police Department, you know, for doing a good job and educating, you know, the community. So, you know, I think it'll be well received. You know, I pray it will be well received and, you know, we'll be able to, you know, I see this as me doing my part of, you know, keeping our children away from illegal gun activity. Exactly. Exactly. So, (laughs) so being someone who spent their developmental years and, a plethora of different places. I mean, from LA to Jamaica to the DMV to Boston. Uh, how how has your life in these different places helped to shape you personally and as an educator? I mean, definitely a little bit being able to see different types of Black communities. Yeah, you know, in LA, it was it was one uh, type. You know, I grew I also grew up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. You know, for for basically half my my youth, and then from there bouncing between LA, Arkansas, and then uh, in undergrad I lived in DC for a year. So it, it just was it was. Bro, you you were in really, Little Rock. Yeah, yeah. No, I lived in Pine Bluff. Oh, Pine, Pine Bluff. Bluff. Okay, I was about yeah. to say, bro, like from LA, and I know the time frame. I ain't gonna age you, but uh-huh. L- LA and Arkansas. Was nothing really to be bang. played with. <laughs> yeah, not in the eighties uh, and nineties. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Was that the Reagan era, bro? Like, mm-hmm. yep, literally. <laughs> yeah. What was that banging on the rock? <laughs> but um, but yeah, sorry, nah, sorry. So, nah, it's okay, it's okay. But um, but yeah, so those those uh, you know, really kind of at a very young age, I was able to see the different types of uh, supportive black communities and, and, and even toxic, toxic black communities, you know, um, um, you know, I particularly always, uh, revere my experience in, in Pine Bluff, you know, not only just because I was living with my grandmother, but also because, you know, it was, it was like a healthy black community, you know, like you have the, you know, the, the presence of the clan, you know, Mm -hmm. on one, on one side of the city, you know, in the late eighties and you also had, you know, folks, you know, dealing with, you know, struggling economics. But one of the things that was always dope was like, it didn't feel that way. Like I didn't feel poor until I moved to Boston, you know, like, (laughs) you know, we would, we would barter with, with my grandmother would make mint jellies and teas and, we would go to the flea market on the weekend on Saturday. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like, something, it's would, something about those simpler times that just made yeah. life so much more enjoyable. It did, yo. <laughs> like, it, it, <laughs> you know? It really makes life so much more enjoyable. Uh, I can yep. dig that. I can dig that. Definitely. So, you know, so having those different, different uh, experiences allowed me to be able to see um realities that i could carry with me in order to recreate in the spaces that that i was inhabiting you know yeah so so you know just trying to do that you know and 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 just loving our people and 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 being hopeful with them and you know and just trying to to continue to heal and and rehab you know a lot of things that have been broken you know due to you know various um outside factors 
So, firsthand, I know that you have an advocacy for entrepreneurship. Uh, within yourself, within the Don Firearms, and it's something that you really drive with your class and into your community. Um, just kind of talk about uh, how that mindset creates bonds and how your example has affected uh, your family, your little girls. Yeah, I mean, you know, growing up as a Jamaican American, you know, Marcus Garvey has always been kind of like a a, a, a founding ideal, um, partic- particularly when it comes to self-sufficiency and self-reliance. You know, so um, that has always been kind of like a, a baseline, you know, yeah. for believing in self and, and wanting to be self-reliant. Um, but for me, I mean, it, it really started with the the business part of it really started as like a, trying to be an example for a group of young men that started with me from when they was in sixth grade. You know, they're all 24, yeah. 25 years old now, you know, but I've known them since they were 11. And, um, and you know, I was just trying to tell them, like, listen, guys, I know when I was your teacher, I was pushing that college stuff. But, you know, <laughs> at that time, I was really disappointed in, like, you know, spending 15 years to pay loans and, and only having those loans go down, like, you know, 5 to 6%. And I was like, Man. yo, this can't be the wave. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. like what did I go to college for? So... I was trying to show a lot of the young men who didn't get accepted into colleges after high school, like, yo, look, you guys are brilliant. Let's take your ideas, turn your passions into into businesses, mm. you know? So every step of the way, I just was like, um, how do I say it? Just like learning how to become an entrepreneur and, and showing it to them like, yo, look, here, go get this EIN number. Yeah. You know, there's two ways you could do it. You could do it for yourself Here's what the cost will be, or you can pay somebody from your community who specializes in it and has all their certificates to 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 be uh to be able to get your business up and running. Yeah. You know, and here's those costs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and every step of the way, like I just showed them, you know, like look, I hired this young brother, you know, he knows how to do websites. He did my website. You know, I hired this yeah. sister who has a powerful story and how she became a, uh, an accountant. I supported her, you know, and she helped me, yeah. you know, and just kind of just sharing that whole process with them. And then, like I said, I mean, you know, then this Rona season happened and, and like things just, just it just grew exponentially. I don't even, I can't even say the word. I got you exponentially. Ex- you got it. Exponentially. <laughs> 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 you know, and, and it's it's just been a blessing, you know, because for five years, you know, like I said, I was doing it in my living room, yeah. you know, and it was just, you know, paying for itself and, and, and staying afloat. And then, boom, it just popped off one day and I'm just yeah. constantly trying to do it, you know. I'm going little. <laughs> I'm going to give you flowers while you can smell them, bro, because I've never sat in uh, uh, an educational uh, room like we were in. And had the person that we paid for a service to then turn around and designate a portion of his class to networking with the entrepreneurs that were in the class. So it was like, hey, who has a business? All right, I'm going on. I'm supporting. 
And when I first met you, I was like, all right, cool. You know, people say that all the time. Word. And I get in the house and it's like a mean order sitting in my in my inbox. I'm like, oh, this guy was serious. And I'm dead ass. There was like I met five, six different people that also own businesses within the area. And I still keep in touch with them from time to time today. So to to take that where you're not just like, okay, let me get your money and let me give you the service. Nah, let's figure out how we can build this this infrastructure for our community to continue to grow. And I thought that was, I thought that was an honorable thing. So I'm definitely going to give you your flowers on that uh, amongst other things. Yeah, no, and I appreciate it. But listen, you know, Dr. Claude Anderson said, you know, like the black dollar only circulates, you know, in our community one time. Yeah. And, and, and in other communities, it's 60 to 16 times, you know, before it leaves their community. Yeah. You know, and, and like we gotta get back to that. You exactly. know, like exactly. like why like why why should I have to drive, you know, two hours to go get a service that I could get up the block. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you know, and I think, you know, for me personally, like I said, you know, it's like how can I not? You know, it's like for me I like I do that because it's like, yo, like you spent your I don't know what anyone had to do to to come sit in my class, you yeah. know, like $140 could be nothing to one person and to another person, it could be their last little bit of change. And yeah. I've been there before, you know, so like, you know, so the first thing was like, yo, look, if you got a business and you're an entrepreneur, I want to honor you in this space, you know, and I tag, I write their names up on the wall. Yeah. I tag them on Instagram. You know, and for yeah. the people that don't have Instagrams, I'll be like, yo, you need to get one. <laughs> Website, like, something. We need facts, something. Yo. We got to find it's, you. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like, we got so many, you know, Michael Jordans and, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. brilliant, um, you know, designers and all these things in our community. But what I've learned is that, you know, especially from being in the in the um, gun industry is that our people put lids on over our heads that aren't necessarily there. Yeah. You know, like being broke, being black, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and, and it's like, those things are, those things are sometimes figment of our, re, of our imaginations. I'm not saying that they don't necessarily exist or don't exist for everybody, but I don't think that they have to, you know, keep us back the way that they have for years you know before you know it's like listen you know we have space and we have opportunity you know we're a community that's worth trillions of dollars yeah. you know what i'm saying like you know even if, like <laughs> this facts, isn't hyperbole like this is no it's is... facts <laughs> like a trillion dollars yo like imagine even if we just got 10 percent of that of that money to circulate in our communities yeah. you know and the changes and, you can make with it exactly and i think about i'm always inspired by you know some of the quiet heads you know like master p you know who 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 was a a prime example of that like he was in forbes magazine for being you know one of the richest dudes in in america at one point you know top 10 and it's like he you know he wasn't out here bragging and boasting but he was taking care of his people every single person that's on no limit records is still a millionaire to this day Mm. you know yeah. I mean, besides a couple of the crazy ones, you know, we ain't gonna say no names, but messing with little girls and stuff, but we're gonna leave that one alone. 
Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, but except, except for that one, everyone else, you know, he was very clear. Like, yo, get real estate. Hey, yeah, almost sweetheart. Get real estate, you know, own, you know. Princess taking uh, a ride with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> more like more like driving the bus. <laughs> but uh but yeah, now nah, just seeing his example and 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 seeing him kind of, you know, remain focused on on the people. And I think as I get older and as he gets older, you know, all these stories that surface about who he was behind the scenes is just it's a it's really amazing, you yeah. know. And yeah. and 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 I'm learning that you know, like you ain't gotta be the guy in front of the camera to be influential, you know. Facts. And um, and I'm and I aspire to be, you know, that type. You know, like a friend of mine jokes. Uh, he tells me all the time. He's like, "Yo, you single handedly, you know, you know, buying the whole black community." And I'm like, "Nah, yo, I'm just like, <laughs> I look at it as like, yo, look, my little hundred dollars. Like, I don't look at it as going to that person. I look at it as like, yo, I'm giving to that man's kids. Yeah. Or that or that woman's, you know." Um, you know, grandmother or grandfather, like yeah. that's who I'm supporting. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you know, especially if it's good people. You know, there's some scumbags out there too. Don't get it twisted. But like, when it's good people, it's like, man, you know, I want to continue to support that person. You know? Exactly. exactly. So, no, I can, I can dig it. So, how, how exactly do you balance the aspects of being an instructor or an educator? With being, mm-hmm. as we hear, the background of family man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean this, this year was this year was definitely the the first year where I had to put my priorities. You know, um, I had to my actions had to equate to my priorities. Okay. You know, so I had to I had to hire people, man. You For know, sure. like but that's a good you know, thing, man. You know, it, it is, but not when they don't want to fill out W nines, man. <laughs> Can't you just pay me under the table, <laughs> exactly. bro? Exactly. I mean, it's like it's I'm like, not yeah, trying to report I'm gonna, this. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be paying the taxes on that. So come next year, they gonna be out of luck. Yeah, but, uh, bro. But not, nah, but yeah, you know. So reaching out to people and you know, and and being able to kind of. Um, be intentional and sacred about certain days you know like listen mm-hmm. these days are for me and my family you yeah. know and and even even though your private class you know it's a great opportunity to make some money but you know i'm sorry these yeah. are the days i spend with my kids and my family That's you know so understandable and, i mean it took us a minute to get to kind of narrow down the schedule you know what i mean between that and being you know being the the firearms instructor and being dad man we was like how we gonna hash this out all right we're day free uh nah, yeah. man, that ain't good that time ain't good that, and it's it's not it's not a i don't want to it's a yeah. i have to decisively say i can't like yeah. i don't have the time for that and it's not an insult to anyone it's just we all relegated to 24 hours and yeah. unfortunately this can't fit you know, round peg, square hole, not gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I definitely get it, man. I understand. Um, so in that same in that same stream, uh, we all reach you know a point in time where we just gotta kind of step away and reset. So 
what is the the mantra or the scripture or the activity that recenters Don Core when it's like, man, I got nothing left in the tank? <laughs> hey, listen, I'm on my I'm on my healing gangster, so I'm gonna just keep it a buck. And uh, yo, a bath, son. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm I'm not even gonna lie. Hey, um, I ain't gonna hold you though. I know it's a lot of people out there. It's like, man, when the last time you took a bath, son? You see, when the you last time me? you soaked and you just you let the know what I'm just, look? Uh, do you do the mask with the cucumbers on your eyes? Nah, you see, you went too far. You went too far. <laughs> but um, sister uh, Queen of Fua, she got this joint about sacred baths. Okay. Um. Okay. And and I and quiet is kept, you know. I haven't really told my wife this, but she she been peeping me doing it. But my wife was taking a class with Queen of Fool, who's actually out there your way. Okay. And um, she bought one of these books on sacred baths, and um, and I was having like a really tough time with anxiety because mm. I had when I first started my website, I didn't know how to lock the numbers off. Okay. Um to like have every class be like a certain number and 70 something people signed up for one class bro so like so i had 70 people come into one class and i I just was like going i couldn't sleep i was like how the hell i'm gonna teach all these people and then um and then i was like yo i gotta relax i gotta chill i gotta breathe before i go crazy yeah so i went i went and um my wife has like a little library on the side of her bed so i found the book and then um, it had like these different essential oils that you could mix and put in the water and it'll kind of mm. help like ground you a little bit, man. So I did that, Jerome, and I was in the tub, teared up Dang. and just Dude, relaxed. Sweet. I... It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's real. That's, that process out, is real. Yeah. And then when I got out, I just was like, yo, I'm ready for whatever. And ever since then, like, it's kind of like a, it's a real deal, you know, like, yeah. you know keep you know keep keep yourself kind of like centered so i've been i've been holding strong with that you know yeah it's important man it's important to take that time bro just set it aside and and the even just the metaphorically the just water washing things away you watch all that that you just soaked in just go down the drain and it's it's like that reset button man I, i i can dig it i'm not ashamed i there's days oh, I where either. I came in from work and I was like, you know what? We about to run this bath. We about to get some Epsom salt. We about to, and I ain't even sore. We about to get it popping. I like some candles. Exactly. Little something in there. Hey, look, oh, I, I'm I with you. Candles, I follow. I hey, it. I follow it. Hey, don't judge me, man. Ain't no judgment, man. You know what I'm saying? I light a candle, cut the light off. Get that fluorescent gun. I'm in there, bro. I'm relaxing. I have some music playing. It's it's probably just too much right now, but. Too, you know what I'm saying, but bigger than all that, I get you. I, I'm fine. Nah, nah, I know. <laughs> you know, yeah, no joke. All jokes aside, it's real. Yeah, it's real. Facts, facts. You Definitely. know what I mean. If you fellas is ashamed out there, wait till your lady leave, run you a bath, and see what we talking about. It's real life. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's real. I'm gonna life. tell you. I, I'll tell you right now. Mix some of that sandalwood. Hey. Uh, sandalwood with some clove. <laughs> You'll be in, you'll be in that tub, <laughs> like like oh man, I didn't know I had all this bottled up. <laughs> real, but, uh, real. Oh man. So just a quick pivot. Um, 
why take so many classes and obtain so many certifications? What what drives you to to continuously seek to improve? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. It was like when I was a teacher, like when I was in the classroom, you know, I felt like I, I was responsible for providing quality instruction to people that I cared about. Yeah, you know, like people that I see in the grocery store, you know, people, people that I see that live across the street, you know, and for me, it's the same thing with with being a farms instructor. I go to barbecues and I'm like counting the heads mm. in the party that like either I had in class or that I know have it on me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, I yep. taught them, I taught them, I taught him, I taught her, 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 her. You know, and, yep. and it's like. It gives me great pride, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it always keeps me, you know, staying on top of the work, you know, so that way none of my people go to jail for a negligent discharge mm. or, you know, pulling the firearm out too early or, or just doing something silly. Like, you know, my name is on that certificate and, you know, like like your mother or your father, you know what I'm saying? Like, or even mm-hmm. in like in your situation, you know, I had your mother-in-law in my class. Yeah. It's like, you know, yep. like, like, like these are people that I feel responsible to, to ensure that, to ensure that, you know, their child who, even though they're an adult, doesn't do anything irresponsible. So, you know, exactly. I want to stay fresh on the content, um, whatever new t- uh, strategies that are out there, um, as well as, you know, making sure that I'm providing quality experience, mm-hmm. uh, experiences as well as information to our community. So, so yeah. for every class, for every, you know, one or two classes that I teach, you know, I take a class, Yeah. especially in the summertime, you know, it's like <laughs> one for one. Yeah, the cold, it would be outside in the cold. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Boston nah, 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 <laughs> nah But he does go out. I'm telling you, follow my man. He, rain, shine. Snow, he's out there training, and he's mm-hmm. ping, ping, ping. The boy is bad. Um, <laughs> so I and we'll, you can touch on it real quick because I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but um, just wanted to get a little bit of clarification for those who aren't familiar. Each class starts with a ceremonial prayer where we pay homage to our ancestors and fallen soldiers, um, and what. It, Basically, what and what Don Cor said was libation, and he's not talking about us drinking or toasting. Can you just kind of give a, a brief overview as to um, the process that we start the class with? Because I found it profound and extremely humbling. Yeah. Um, so you know, uh, Tambico is a, a West African. Um, uh, I guess ritual, um, you know, I particularly, you know, like the Yoruba as well as the Akan traditions, mm-hmm. primarily because, you know, my name comes from the Akan people. But yeah, so, you know, you just start off by acknowledging the Supreme Being, you know, giving, you know, him or her, you know, depending on, you know, who you subscribe or what you subscribe to, mm-hmm. um, honoring um, them, you know, honoring their ancestors, you know, those from their direct bloodline, as well as, you know, those that someone may aspire to be like or inspired by. Um, and then, you know, I take time to recognize the children, um, those uh, born 
And um, we close out by, you know, basically just saying that, you know, being in the class for that day is a, a space and an opportunity to do as Baba Amos Wilson says, which is to ultimately um, recognize that the decision that we're making today is not only in the interest of ourselves, but it's in pre- preparation for our children's grandchildren thereafter. Mm. Um, so that way we're constantly thinking two and three generations ahead, you know, so that way our decisions have impact on the generations behind us. Definitely. Definitely. I thank you for that. I thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Yo. So you, you also t- talked about um, starting out in your home and now, mm-hmm. you know, you're in a commercial space. Um, when did you know it was time to make that move? And I'm sure you kind of you kind of mentioned it. But also, what do you feel are um, some of the other advantages and disadvantages? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, it was cool when, like, it was in my living room. You know, my oldest daughter was, like, one years old at the time. Um, so it wasn't a big deal because it was mostly family and friends, yeah. you know? But once it started, once it started to, I, once people started coming to my house and I couldn't be like, yo, I know your cousin's auntie, baby mama, brother, like, and I couldn't, I couldn't, like, connect people to somebody else then it was like yeah i can't keep teaching in my living room mm, you know yeah um because it just makes you know my house the place that's supposed to be sacred yeah. you know unsafe you know what i mean Fact. um so uh, at that time i was like you know this this isn't gonna work and you know i happened my boy a good friend of mine from you know back in my childhood invited me to this um this black entrepreneur group and um there was a young brother there who was like yo i have this commercial space and um i would really love for you to um you know come through and check it out and and then once i saw it i was like oh yeah i love it yeah. and um i went from a table from being at one of the little 300 dollars tables <laughs> to you know having my own office so you know things have been you know really good in that regard definitely blessings yes, blessings ah. thank yeah uh so for those who are interested in you know beginning their journey of healing and i say healing because two way is a, a healing modality that's right <laughs> i got that credit that from uh, my man don um there you go. what do you suggest as some researchers resources for someone who's just starting out on this uh second amendment to a journey yeah most definitely um for black and latino folks you know i think the first place to start is going to be on the uh black firearms national directory um that was created by um uh, marshall washington uh we heard uh on my sister's keeper defense um and um on her on her page she has created a black national directory so that's a great way to kind of figure out like who's in your community yeah. um, you know so that way you can support those instructors um, then the second thing I would definitely do is kind of like you know like watch their Instagram and check them out you know yeah. um, because I think it's important to to note and understand that you know sometimes uh, you know folks don't always be given the best quality you know what I'm saying like <laughs> And, and that's a real thing too it so is. you know definitely want to vet your instructor 
um, you know, make sure that, you know, good references as well as, um, you know, as well as making sure that they are constantly evolving mm -hmm. and, and trying to provide quality instruction. Um, you know, so that's so that's the second step. And then and then, you know, give them a call, yo. You know, like I think, um, you know, the old school going back to giving, you know, folks phone calls. <laughs> Speaking you know, of like, the phone, what's that? Exactly, <laughs> like, you know, because I have I have tons of people, you know, like I had a sister just the other day. She's like, yo, I called to, you know, just to figure out, you know, how to take a gun class. And she's like, man, this 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 conversation and changed my life. <laughs> well, she didn't say changed my life, but she definitely was like, you know, it, it helped shift a paradigm for her, Day. you know. And, and that was a, a beautiful moment because basically I was telling her, you know, like, yo, like, you know, where did you get these these ideas that that's how you had to show up and live your life, you know? And she's like, yo, I never thought about it that way. And I'm like, yeah, same thing when it comes to guns, you know? Like, mm -hmm. you know, prior to, you know, people storming the White House and all of these protests and anarchists burning this, these cities down, it's like we didn't think of these things either, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and now folks are kind of waking up and saying, mm -hmm. like, look, you know, I, I've got to protect my family, if nothing else. So yeah. um, so that so those three things, I think, are, are great spaces and opportunities. You know, like I said, check out the Black uh, Firearms directory, you know, um, go on the Instagram pages, check out, check out the instructors and then give them a phone call and, and just rap with them for a little bit to, you know, to see if it's a good fit, you know, for you. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And then, you know, get out there and take classes. And I'm gonna I'm give you your flowers another another time. Uh, this gentleman doesn't just teach firearms courses; he also teaches first aid. Uh, you know, I, in my mind, and uh, just last year, um, I lost. Or actually, this year, I lost a, a nephew um, to gun violence in the DMV, and. Um, it's, it's one of those things like I don't really know everything that surrounded it. I know it hurt. But in my mind, I was like, I wonder if there was anyone there that kind of, if it was even an opportunity to triage the situation, like to to maybe give him some type of treatment so that he could get buy them some time before the ambulance got there. Like, you know what I mean? Like I said, I don't know the story surrounding it, but it, at that moment, first aid click for me mm -hmm. and it was like even if you don't want to carry a gun take a take a first aid class because mm -hmm. it's just things that are happening around us and we really need to have some type of foresight where you, you don't think about it until it's someone that's close to you mm -hmm. and in my mind it's just kind of like we when you see it happen if you can do something about it to bide that person time you might be able to save their life. And I, like I said, I want to give you your flowers on that because you're not just teaching a skill that inherently can take someone's life. You also teach a skill that can save someone's life. Yeah, man. I mean, yo, when I was working in middle school, um, you know, I, I mean, these are like 14, 15, and sometimes 16-year-old, you know, young people, man. And, and I'd hear these horror stories about, like, you know, them watching their friends bleed, 
you know, or, 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 you know, I went to a funeral and this young girl had watched her, her boyfriend get stabbed, mm. you know, to death. And, and at the funeral, while she's standing up at the pulpit, she said, you know, I wish he, I wish I had knew what I could have done to help save him, Dang. you know? And it's like, you know, and, and I'm trying to get people to understand like, yo, carry a tourniquet on you. Dang. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if you don't have a tourniquet, take your shoelaces off. You know Dang. what I'm saying? Like, use your belt. You know, like they, we have these things on us at all times that we can utilize to help add a couple more minutes before the ambulance comes, you yeah. know? Um, you know, sometimes in the hood, it take the ambulance could be as fast as seven minutes away. And sometimes I've seen them take as long as like 25 minutes to get, you know, to a situation. And it's yeah. like, man, that's a, that's a lot of blood, you know, to 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 lose in that in that amount of time so it's yeah. like yo if we could just learn these little things you know um i think about these rappers you know when you see it on world star you know triple x and Dang. king von and all these different rappers and their homeboys are running around like chickens with their head cut off and it's like yo bro just take your shirt off and put pressure on his neck you know what i'm saying Dang. like yeah you know it's like it's like these little things that that if you build up people's confidence then, you know, they will be able to add a couple more minutes to their friends' lives, you know, their loved, one, loved ones' lives as well, you know? Definitely. So, Definitely. So, like, you, I think you said it really well, you know, like, you know, I'm not necessarily primarily focused on QA as, as a modality to take life. Yeah. Instead, I'm looking, looking at it as the modality that's going to save life. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, um, so I thought that was really well worded the way you put that earlier. No, small thing to a giant, bro. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so just, I mean, tell us what the future holds for the Don Firearms. Um, yeah. What do you have coming up? Any new courses? Any major moves that you're going to be making that we should be looking out for? Yeah. Um, so my wife, you know, um, is, you know, has really surprised me and in, in taken a huge interest um, and, and, being a part of it, you know, I think mm. after one of our biggest arguments this year, you know, I was like, you know, I feel like you don't support my dream. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but one of the things that, you know, she's been doing is like, you know, posting about, you know, how, why it's taking her so long to start carrying. And then, you know, she's been writing about that. And then, mm. you know, like other women have been responding to her. So that's been dope. And now my wife is like, you know, getting super involved and she wants to, you know, help with the healing part of it and, and um, processing traumas, particularly gun related traumas. Okay. You know, so my wife is, uh, has begun creating an online, you know, um, experience. And I, and it's really, it's really beautiful, you know, to like be, be supported by the family. Yeah. Um, and that way. So that, that's definitely in the, in the works. Um, uh, I'm definitely going to be providing more online training, um, particularly, you know, dry fire, okay. um, gun cleaning, you know, um, this past year I taught a thousand people, you know, so like, so, you know, that's a lot of people with guns now, you yeah. know, that I feel responsible for. So just trying to give them the whole package, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, from the Utah CCW class to the uh, gun cleaning class, to yeah. concealed carry, you know, trying to make connections with ranges so I could start teaching classes outside, you know, and yeah. 
Um, so just different things, man. You know, I'm I'm working. I want to produce a workbook this year. Right um, now, uh, around the the healing part of the work. You know what I'm saying? So like, right. um, just 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 all kind of stuff, man. I, I think it's it's scary and exciting at the same time to to kind of like go full time with entrepreneurship. But um, but the ideas are flowing, man, and, and the the possibilities are endless. So Dang. you know, I have tons of ideas. It's just time to execute and get them done and see what they bring. You know, yeah, it's a lot of labor, but yeah, it's gotta keep birthing these business babies, man. And facts, facts. <laughs> and you see, I mean, you know, the, when you see the the fruits of all that toiling, all that work, mm-hmm. all that labor. It makes it worth it, bro. It makes it worth it. Yeah, man. I guess I get pictures. I get pictures all the time, you know, of like, you know, people that be driving down the street, you know, and they'll see like a car with the Dawn Firearm sticker (laughs) on it. You know what I'm saying? Like little things like that are like, it it goes a long way. It's like, yo, you point it like, yo, that's ah, word. Yeah. Yeah. And you know you're making a difference because it's not like you're putting something negative out there or something that's um, ill will. You're putting something of quality out there to the community that um, mm-hmm. you know is going to return great div- dividends and not always in the in the means of money, but emotionally, mentally. So when you see those people, you identify them as like, oh, yeah, they, they're on they're on the path. No, but- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we just gonna wrap it up real quick. I mean, you know, the the show pretty much ends with the same question. Um, if you could Marty McFly to tell a younger you something, what would that message be? That second master's degree wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, real talk. That <laughs> uh, second master's degree was not was not needed, fam. <laughs> Kanye West that joint decided yeah, you was finished. Exactly. Oh, man. Nah, but unpack that, that though. Unpack that though, real quick. Unpack I'm, that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because there was a part of me that felt like I was looking for validation and affirmation, not only from my family you know, being the first one to graduate college, but Mm -hmm. also from the profession that I was in, you know, like being young and black in the classroom, it was like, you know, oh, the kids only listen to you because you're young and black. And it was like, nah, yo, I'm a bomb instructor. Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I know how to teach, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, um, I had three years in a row where basically like 90% of my students were getting proficiency or advanced on the, the state of, uh, you know, summative assessment. Hmm. And, um, you know, so then it was like, it was like, yo, what's next? And, yeah. and, and I, and I was like, yo, I'm gonna go get another master's and I'm gonna show these cats. And it was like, it was like, um, I mean, you mentioned Kanye West. The irony is, is that that was around the time that song Can't Tell Me Nothing came out. <laughs> and, um, and that was like my mantra at the time. No funny. Like it really was. You know, for sure. And um, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get this master's degree. I'm gonna hit six figures, and I'm gonna stun on these niggas. Like, <laughs> I'm, 
I'm, I'm gonna kill it again. Like I'm gonna kill it. <laughs> and uh, and then I did it. And it was funny because it was like once I accomplished the goal, it it unraveled um, parts of 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 my myself that mm-hmm. I hadn't realized that like the material shit wasn't fulfilling anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was like, yeah, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? But you still feel empty or you still mm-hmm. feel void, you know? Yeah. And um so all jokes aside, even though, you know, I'm I'm jokingly saying don't get that third that second masters, but the real thing is like, you know, material like you, you could chase these materialistic things to to you know do it for your mother or to do it for the hood or mm-hmm. and all of these these kind of like things that people use in motivational videos to say who you do it for but the truth of the matter is that if you're not passionate about it and if it's if it's not fulfilling you know you know your divine mission you yeah. know what i'm saying then like you could have all the fly shit in the world and still feel empty yeah. you know what i'm saying and yeah. like because you're and, filling and, that void with things that it's don't not, matter. It's, yeah, because that the void is like, nah, this isn't what I want. Exactly. This isn't what I want. And so. you just keep and and one of the things that I notice about a lot of people, particularly working with young people, you know, that are now adults, you know, like I've seen children go from a, a, like I was telling you, eleven to twenty five, and it's like, you know, now that those children are older, it's like, damn, these cycles really do continue. Cause it's like, I literally saw these children at 11 years old, still doing the same shit at 25. So mm. it's like, unless we create avenues for people to, to see um, how to take their passions and make them into opportunities for their lives, then, you know, they just become, you know, burnt out employees somewhere, you know? Yeah. And 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 unhappy and you start to see the stress you start to see the the suicide you start to see the bad bad eating habits bad health you Mm -hmm. know bad relationships you know like all these different things that are consequences of of lack of self-confidence and self and 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 our abilities then you know um so that's definitely what i would tell younger me man like listen you know, like, don't go for that second masters, you know, like, what do you love? You know, yeah. how could you, you have skills. So how are you going to use these skills to, to, to design the world that you want, you know, and, mm-hmm. and have the thing that you want. So definitely. definitely. For sure. That's what I would say to myself. It's <laughs> a great message, man. So I'm how sure. can the people find the Don Firearms, yeah, become a part yeah. of the two-way community of education, yeah. preparation, and healing? Like, where you can they find known. you? <laughs> you can hit me up on www.thedonfirearms.com. That's T-H-E-D-O-N-F-I-R-E-A-R-M-S.com. Um, check out the calendar. Um, we always uh, try to add you know, three months at a time, you know, mm-hmm. for the season. Um, uh, on top of that, you could also follow us on Instagram at the Don Firearms, T-H-E-D-O-N-F-I-R-E-A-R-M-S. Um, 
Uh, I would say go to Facebook, but if people haven't realized already, Facebook be on some job funny stuff. So mm-hmm. um, whenever I try to post gun related stuff on Facebook, they take it down. Okay. Um, you know, so the good old First Amendment just being taken right away from hags <laughs> like me. Um, but that's another subject for another day. Thanks. Um, but uh, but yeah, you definitely check out the website, check out the calendar, um, definitely check out the Instagram. Um, I would also like to plug my nonprofit um, as well, if you don't mind. Um, My wife and I, you know, uh, have really, you know, continue to want to be able to provide healing experiences, even if folks aren't necessarily interested in the gun stuff. So my wife and I created uh, a nonprofit organization called Who's Got Morale. Um, so that's W H O S G O T morale M O R A L E. So uh, Instagram is Who's Got Morale, and then the web page is uh, Who's Got Morale.com. And the center of that work is really beginning to think about how do we provide healing spaces for Black and Latino um, people in our communities as well as their families. So that way we can kind of start to tackle some of these generational traumas that live inside of our DNA so we can truly provide better experiences for our future generations. So Mm. um, definitely check out both of those. So we all have the same 24 hours in a day, no Mm -hmm. matter what your socioeconomic background, your race. It's all about what you do in that time. I'd like to thank you. Don yes, Don Cor for spending just a portion of your your twenty four hours with us. I want to thank the uh, the audience for spending just a little bit of their twenty four hours with us because it, it 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 doesn't go unnoticed and it's definitely appreciated. Um, you know, we pretty much uh, wrap from here. I want to do a little something different, and I'm kind of springing this on you. But if you want to take us out with some form of uh, libation before we go, it would be dope. No doubt, no doubt. So uh, as always, you know, we ask the the creator uh, for the space and opportunity to recognize that, you know, whether we recognize it or not, you know, the Supreme Being has already saw the beginning and the end of what it is that we were to do here on this earth in collaboration and confirmation of you know, what the supreme, supreme being has seen for us to be able to leave with that. So in great honor and respect of that energy force, of that life force, we say ashe. Um, ashe. We also ask, you know, um, the intermediaries, uh, those that, that act on behalf of God, um, that come in many different names, Allah, God, you know, Muhammad, Jesus, uh, Yemaya, Oshun, Ogun, Ochosi, Chango, um, all of those energies uh, that act, you know, as an intermediary uh, on the behalf of God and, and everything that gives God um, uh, the power and the energy, you know, we ask those in the middle uh, to continue to protect us and guide us and keep us um, and continue to clear a path so that way we can get to our divine missions even as we may uh, trudge through the, the forested areas of confusion and self-doubt and, um, you know, neglect and, and the varying forces that may be working outside of our bodies. 
Um, we recognize that power and energy by saying Ashe. Ashe. We uh, give thanks and praise for sure to our ancestors, those that live in our bloodline, those that uh, uh, have, we have had the opportunity to sit at their feet um, and recognize uh, all of the wise wisdom and the knowledge and understanding that they have lived. Uh, there's an African proverb that says that when an ancestor transitions, a library goes with them. So, um, you know, for me personally, I thank my, my Nana, um, Carol Diane Smith, my Uncle Roland, my great-grandmother, Diane Carol Smith. Um, I give thanks and praise to John Turner Sr. Um, and, and my and his father, my great-great-great-grandfather, Papa Turner, um, you know, for their experiences and, and their lives and providing me uh, space and opportunity to grow. So to all of our ancestors, um, those that we know by name and those that we may not be related to by blood, but in the name of those of, uh, uh, you know, El Haj Malik El Shabazz, Ida B. Wells, Harriet Tubman, uh, I, I think of uh, Amilcar Cabral, um, Jean Jacques Dessalines, Dati Bukman, Cecil Fatima, um, uh, all of those magnificent um, ancestors to whom understood that a firearm was not only a tool for, for independence and sovereignty, but it was also the tool that was going to protect the healed sovereign space that they were um, trying to protect. So in the name of our ancestors, we recognize and honor them with the Ashe. Ashe. To our children, those that are born and to those to whom are still living in the wombs of one second love of of our, of our spirits so for the parents that are still practicing and for the parents that are parenting um you know may we make the decisions now to not only recognize our traumas or recognize the pieces that that are inside of us that may not have served us and may we recognize the the ability to die of those things so that way we can um envision and live in the new possibility, not only for our children, but for our children's grandchildren. So we don't pick up a firearm with the understanding that it's to take life, but it's to protect the space and the innocence of our children's grandchildren. So we make the decision today, as Baba Amos Wilson says, uh, with the understanding that we are preparing and securing the world for our children's grandchildren. We close out with three ashes, um, understanding that if we can say it from our mouth, it will breathe life. And that by saying the last and the three ashes that we are all in agreement, you know, that um, if it can say, if it can be said, then it will be done. Um, so we recognize that and we close with three ashes. We say them together. Ashe. 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 All right, brother. Appreciate you. Nah, man. Small thing to a giant. I'm standing on bigger shoulders. Yes, sir. Every day. All right. Be safe. You too, bro. Please. Doors opening. This episode of Elevator Pitch is in the books. I'm headed to the garage, but take the ride with us next week as we chop it up with another entrepreneurial minded guest. Please subscribe, comment, leave feedback because we are streaming where you're listening. Follow us on Instagram at elevator pitch underscore media. If you have music, original music, 
hit us up in the DM, shoot us an email, we'll get you featured on the show. All of my contact information, as well as the contact information of my guests, can be found in the show notes. And with that being said, eight letters, three words, one meaning. I'm out. Doors closing. Going down.